in this group? Well, if you were paying attention when Pastor Travis just read that text for today, you would understand that it is a very interesting text. Interesting, I guess, is the best way of putting it. This is one of those lectionary texts that preachers intentionally skip whenever it's time to preach it. No one, no one wants to preach a sermon on a text in which Jesus isn't acting Jesus-y. And yes, believe it or not, Jesus-y is now an actual word. It's an adjective to describe someone who is acting religious. So again, no one wants to preach on a text in which Jesus himself is not acting like a religious person. I am indebted to Travis for switching Sundays with me on Thursday afternoon so that I get this prestigious honor this morning. We've been following Jesus through crowds recently, and this text begins the same way. He tells them simply that it is not what goes into the mouth that makes us unclean or foul, but what comes out of the mouth that determines if our heart is pure. But Peter, Peter doesn't, doesn't get it that first time. He asks Jesus to explain it to him, and that's when Jesus begins to lose his cool. Now, we all lose our cool from time to time. This text in particular reminds me of when I've spent too much time around my kids. Kids are great, but they still have so much to learn. Their brains are still developing, and they're still trying to figure out how this world works. So, on occasion, every day, they'll say something that doesn't quite make sense. They will try to make it make sense, but they just don't have it all figured out just yet. And by the time you've heard 20 of these things that just don't quite make sense, you start to lose your cool. You almost want to turn the odd questions back on them so that they can see for themselves how odd their logic really is. And I admit, I've used that tactic before, and I am sure I will use it again with my kids. There are just times when kids need to listen and really hear the question or assumption themselves that they're making in order to realize that it's not quite right. I can't help but wonder if that's what Jesus is doing here. He explains to the crowd that these rules of purity they live by are not what makes them pure of heart. The many, many rules they live by from washing their hands to what meats they can eat to when they can touch certain foods to how to prepare a meal is not what makes them clean or pure. 
It is not what enters the mouth that makes the soul pure. Everything that enters the mouth has the same fate, Jesus said, and he put it quite bluntly. It all goes to the sewer. Clean or unclean, it is all expelled just the same. Jesus, in his typical fashion, turns their rules upside down and declares that what comes from a person's mouth is what shows the purity of their heart. Not what they are given, but how they respond to what they've been given. It's our words that have meaning. It's our words that affect people. Our words, big and small, are what people remember about us. They define our true selves. They show the purity of our heart and the intentions of our soul. Hoping that Peter and the crowds understood what he was saying. That simply following the rules doesn't make you a religious person. It's deeper than that. Jesus heads on to Tyre and Sidon. And once they are there, a Canaanite woman from the area began yelling at Jesus. Have mercy on me, son of David. My daughter is possessed by a demon. Have mercy on me, son of David. My daughter's possessed by a demon. Jesus didn't answer her. He didn't even recognize her. Her yelling, Have mercy on me, son of David. My daughter's possessed by a demon. Her yelling was bothering the disciples. And they wanted Jesus to have someone remove her from the crowd. It's not right for a Gentile woman to yell in public, especially not to yell at a man. How disrespectful. How rude. Can you imagine how people must have been looking at her? The disciples wanted her removed. Her disrespect was distracting to them. It wasn't the usual Gentile banter that they experienced in crowds. This was a yelling parent crying out for Jesus to have mercy on her and her daughter. This was disturbing to them. Perhaps the disciples were even annoyed by her. But instead of having her removed, Jesus responded to her. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Meaning, I wasn't sent to bring salvation to Gentiles like you. I was only sent to save the Israelites and that race. After hearing this, she came and she knelt down in front of Jesus and she said, help me. Help me. And Jesus answered, it is not fair to take the children's food 
and throw it to the dogs. Do you see now why nobody wants to preach this text? I mean, wow. This is Jesus. Jesus Christ, who just said that the Israelites were God's children and that this Canaanite woman was a dog. Our Jesus just called a woman to her face a dog. You all understand it, even today. That's a slur that needs no translation throughout the history of time. It is a slur. It is an insult to this woman. This expression and slur rings true, even today. There are several racial slurs that you hear people casually use in their daily lives. And for the Jewish culture, it was very common for them to refer to Gentiles as dogs. After all, they didn't live clean lives. Look at what they ate. Look at their lack of rules. It was disgusting to them. They ate like dogs, and so they were called dogs. Yet this woman, after being called a dog, said, Yet even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. I have to imagine a smile on Jesus' face when he saw the woman's faith through her words. When he saw her true self shining through. When she was sitting there admitting, even if I am a dog, I still get what flows freely from the table. I imagine Jesus even took pride for finally, finally someone got it. It's this unexpected outcast that gets it, that the kingdom of God is for everyone. It's not just for those that follow the rules or look like this or act like that. It's for everyone. The most unexpected of people got it. Now, Tyre and Sidon, while near Jewish towns, were Gentile regions. And once you hear Jesus's non-Jesus-y words, it makes you wonder, did he do all of this on purpose? Did he purposefully lead these Jewish people, these Israelites, into this Gentile place? Did he purposefully act like a typical Jew of that day 
with the slurs and the demeanor and the typical reactions that they would have anticipated and expected from an Israelite? Did he purposefully lead them there after telling them and explaining to them the parable of what makes us clean, of what makes us religious people? Was he trying to see if they understood it, if they could actually put it into practice, if they saw it in real life? We don't know. We don't know what method of teaching Jesus was using here. And we don't know why he acted the way that he did. It's why preachers don't like this text. Not only is Jesus not being our typical Jesus that we have grown and loved, but there's no neat little bow to wrap it all up at the end. This unlikely of candidates, a Gentile woman, reveals God's purpose in this story. We're so used to Jesus flying in like a hero at the end with the right thing to say, with the right words, to sum it all up, to have the answers. But in this story, in this story, this Canaanite woman, she had the answer. Whether she is reminding Jesus or just reminding everyone else, it's unclear. But she shows the crowd that God's mercy does not simply cover one race or group of people. God's mercy is extended to all. People can follow different dietary standards. They can be of a different race or nationality. They can speak different languages, be of different genders, and hold different professions. And all be children of God. All shown mercy and grace and love and given salvation, all receiving food, all welcome at the table. This woman had faith, bold faith, a faith that led her to seek out this Israelite leader, a faith that led her to the absurd like yelling in public. Faith. Strong enough that even while receiving racial slurs, she allowed her heart, str- her heart strings to come out of her mouth. The faith of a desperate, loving parent. Faith strong enough to heal. Faith strong enough to teach. Even to teach us today. Church. Let us not get so caught up in our traditions that we forget what is most important. God's generosity, grace, love, and mercy should be our welcome hospitality for all. And all means all. Let us continue preparing ourselves for this table as we sing the first and second verse of number 425, let us break bread together. Mm -hmm.